What's up carnivores? This is Carnivore Kurt, your host, and I'm really excited to have you here. Welcome to the channel. I'm super excited. My name is Carnivore Kurt. Carnivore Kurt. I'm gonna be your host. All right, carnivores, just jump right into it. The number one key to doing the carnivore diet, I've really transformed both how I feel, look, just experience life. And I think that the carnivore diet is a tremendously powerful tool for a lot of individuals who are suffering from anxiety, autoimmune Share it with someone who's interested in the carnivore diet. Let's spread the word, let's get this out to people. Let's help others understand more about this and see the bigger picture. Guys, that was a score. Score one for the carnivores. Quantity and frequency. Some foods are way more toxic than others. The idea of fasting after you indulge of what is a really hard cheat. Make sure you hydrate extra heavy. This video is all about how to cheat in a way where you can get away with it, where you can actually be optimal and not just completely wreck yourself. So let's get into the meat of this. Before I get into some of the practical tips on how to best cheat, I wanna talk about the mindset and I wanna talk about this idea of cheating in general. When we are on a diet plan, we wanna regain our health, we wanna take back control of some maybe disease that's creeping up on us, we wanna get our body composition to a goal that we're really striving for. There are some real goals that are very meaningful to us than the short-term few minutes or fleeting moments we get of pleasure from the food that we indulge in that's completely off that plan. One thing that's really helped me from a mentality perspective when I think about cheating is to think more of reframing it in the term of indulgence. I don't think we have to be unfair or dishonest to indulge in some foods from time to time that are off our plan. Oh man, I cheated so hard or I have a cheat day on Sunday. We give ourselves sort of like the psychological priming and we can have shame around that. The way I kind of think about this is an analogy of being in a relationship with maybe a partner, a spouse. Some of the principles in a healthy relationship arguably are honesty and communication. When you're deceitful or you're dishonest, that's when you create can create some toxicity in those relationships. And with this, I think we're having a relationship with ourselves and our meal plan and our actual overall health goals. And so rather than say that we're cheating, I wanna say that we're indulging. We're making calculated indulgences and that is something that's not to be looked at in a shameful way, it's a planned way. The last point I'll mention before I get into the practical tips is that variety is a huge part of human drive. Don't mistake your drive for variety with your need or, or necessity to have different foods from the food plan you have. So for example, if you're on a carnivore diet, you don't have to eat plant foods to satisfy the variety. You could just switch up your work schedule maybe one, one week. You could add in a new hobby, take on a musical instrument. Maybe like me, you could go get a new motorcycle and take that on as a variety to kind of mix things up. The point I'm trying to make here is we do have a drive to, to experience variety. You can add variety in the foods that you eat, but you don't necessarily have to go so far off the spectrum where you indulge and cheat beyond your meal plan to satisfy that innate need of variety. So let's get into the five practical points I have. One is quantity and frequency. They make a huge difference when you're gonna cheat or indulge. Let's call it indulgence. There's a big difference between eating a piece of chocolate and eating a full bar of chocolate. There's a much larger oxalate load 
in the full bar of chocolate. If you can take that same approach and plan when you pick up your cheat food, if you're gonna buy something, or when you're at the restaurant and you're gonna take a bite of something, if you can plan for that and really just limit or minimize the size of what you're gonna eat, that portion, it's gonna make a difference. And the effects it's gonna have on your body and how it affects you on your plan and on your goals is gonna have a difference as well. So size and frequency are certainly a big variable here. And what I'll say about it is reduce the amount of cheating you do when you can, and also try to reduce the quantity and the frequency. So if you buy a bag of chips, take the bag and pour it into a bowl and then bring the bowl, but put the bag back away. Again, if it's less accessible, less available, you're gonna have less of a temptation to just eat the whole bag. And that's gonna make a big difference in how you feel and how it affects you, both probably from a self-esteem aspect, but also from the health perspective of what you're doing. Number two, realize that some foods are way more toxic than others. So for example, if you're gonna slam down margaritas that are loaded with really sugary syrup, and then you're gonna eat a bunch of fried tacos and fried chips, that meal is gonna have a much bigger impact on you than maybe just having a salad, for example, with some olive oil. So the variety that you go with and what you choose to cheat on and the quality of the food, as well as what we talked about in the first point, the quantity and the frequency are all gonna make a big difference. One thing I found personally is I, I do love dark good dark chocolate bar. Quality will vary. I don't do well with certain brands. They seem to have more dairy, something in them, in their material, but I found a few brands that actually do well for me and I can still kind of nibble on them and, and have a few pieces here and there and do pretty well. Certain alcohols don't do well for me. I can't do rum. No! Even when I do the alcohol and even when I keep the mixers to just like a soda water, I still can have issues with rum, certain vodkas, the quality of how distilled the alcohol is, as well as what type of alcohol it is, really makes a difference. And sugar and dairy tend to be pretty triggering and also very pervasive in a lot of cheap foods. So just watch out for those. And remember the spectrum of toxicity, where nuts, seeds, these things are more heavily defended with lectins and the wheat, kind of the gluten type aspects. These things stick in your gut longer. They cause more damage than other foods, where if you're gonna indulge and you can find something that's gluten-free, lower in sugar, lower in dairy, you're probably gonna respond better and feel better and bounce back quicker. So part three is post-indulgence tips. So one thing that's pretty popular amongst the community in keto and carnivore is the idea of fasting after you indulge. So if you've cheated hard and you wanna fast, that can be a good method to sort of help your body sort of work through whatever it is that it's now physically processing. So consider fasting after you've had that big holiday meal, after you've cheated for a bit, just to allow your body to kind of metabolically re rebound. Also look into saunaing. Saunaing is a great way to detox. It can be a great way to sort of push out and flush out, especially after a night of drinking. A lot of people will use sauna and find that it helps really well. So anytime you've eaten something where the quality might be questionable, where you maybe consumed some wine or had some alcohol, Sauna can be a great way to sort of help purge and sweat out some of those things. Number four is getting more specific about the range between carnivore and the spectrum of what is a really hard cheat versus something that's more of a light indulgence that you can kind of tolerate well. Foods that are gonna be more toxic long-term to you are things like seeds, nuts, legumes, soy, phytoestrogens, glutens, lectins. 
these foods are much more destructive than other foods like berries, tubers, squash, potentially things like dark chocolate, like oxalate heavy foods when taken with calcium, like eggshells, um, where it can bind to the oxalate can mitigate some of that damage. So that is another trick and hack that I tend to consider when I'm doing some dark chocolate. And I left a fifth section with just some random rules. So if you do indulge, make sure you hydrate extra heavy afterwards. Let your body digest for 20 or 30 minutes postprandial after you've eaten your meal, but then give yourself more, more water than you normally would. That's usually a good way to flush the system. A lot of people will do that if they drink. It helps even though you end up waking up in the middle of the night because you have to use the restroom because of all the fluid you've drank your hangover and your body's ability to process more of the toxins generally tends to be a lot better. So consider adding in more water to kind of help offset the indulgence. When indulging, I like the word indulge also because for me, it's like planned. I, I know I'm gonna do it, I wanna do it, I don't feel shameful for it, it's more calculated. When indulging, make the rule ahead of time how much and when you're gonna indulge. Don't ever change that rule while you're indulging. So for example, if I set a rule that I'm gonna eat three pieces of the chocolate bar, once I start eating the chocolate bar, I cannot then go, I wanna eat five or I wanna eat the whole bar. I don't get to change that on that day. I can change it the next day if I really want to, if I'm gonna change for another cheat day, but I cannot change it in the moment. And I highly recommend adopting this as a rule. Make sure that you don't give yourself the freedom to veer from a rule because the emotions and the pleasure in that moment are going to want to draw you in to kind of bend those rules and go, ah, it's not so bad, just a little bit more. And then you end up eating the whole cake and you're like, ah, what did I do to myself? And I personally find that be very hard if I don't set rules. So set rules about your indulgence and do not change them while you are indulging. So this is a cool hack that I have. It's called activated charcoal. Now, I'm not a fan of taking activated charcoal on a regular basis because it can bind and strip us of the vitamins and nutrients we get in our food. But if you know you're gonna go out and drink or eat a meal that's really off plan, you can take activated charcoal prior to that meal and those drinking and also after. It can help with, it just sucks up pretty much all the toxins and, and micronutrients and things in the food. So again, it's not optimal to do this on a regular basis because it's gonna strip the food of the nutrients that you might otherwise want to absorb. But if you know you're gonna be taking in a very heavily indulging meal that's really off plan, that's gonna bring a lot of toxicity, this might be something to consider. And you can find these, this is just a Schnuzazdu brand, coconut organic activated charcoal. You can, you can find all kinds of brands like this on Amazon or on any Google shopping and get them. So I hope that was helpful. This is a little shorter than our usual videos, but if you like this video, hit that like button down below, hit the comment button, subscribe, hit the bell icon to get notified when we drop videos. We produce them twice a week. I appreciate you. And if you've made it this far, thank you so much. Let me know how you hack your cheats, how you indulge intelligently. And if there's anything that really works well for you, I'd appreciate it in the comments below. And until next time, let's get optimized.